Good, man. Good. So today we're joined with Rohit Maharani, uh, CEO and founder of Office Hours. Rohit, thank you so much for joining us. No, of course. Appreciate uh, appreciate the time here. I think uh, my co-founder might be a little upset. So we're both co-founders. Got it. So co-founder and CEO of Office Hours. Actually, sorry, ju- just co-founder. Yeah, just we haven't uh, dictated kind of like um, one side or the other. But in all honesty, I think it's easier just because um, really are pretty 50-50 here. Mm. So uh, in terms of office hours, then what is it, what is it that you're handling? What is it that he's handling? Yeah, it's a good point. So effectively, if you think about it, right, we started the business oriented around helping out individuals think through next steps beyond beyond banking, but also just in general with finance as a whole, right? If you're looking to get into banking, looking to get into buy side as a whole, we help out individuals get ready for that process. Um, so generally before an individual comes onto our platform, so effectively everything sales, marketing on this side of the angle, I work on. Everything thereafter, customer success, operations management, coach management is more my co-founder, Asif. Interesting. And how big is your team at, at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think our uh, I think our Slack in general is like thirteen. Last I checked, um, so we have kind of like dispersed individuals, kind of literally, honestly, all around the world. So you you have experience in the financial realm, but so what what was it that uh, spurred you to kind of leave and create uh, office hours? That's a good question. So honestly, I Asif brings more of like the traditional finance experience the banking, the buy side, what that looked like, on-cycle recruiting. He really taught me a lot about it. Um, Sebastian, I mean, I've got the experience technically from like growth equity battery, where I worked on a couple different deals, one specifically that ended up closing within the home care, home health space, ended up finding on finding add-ons for it. Um, but in all honesty, right, I bring more operating experience to the realm, a little bit more like fintech operating, what it's like to scale a business only because I've been doing that, like battery was two years, source scrub ended up being like four going on five. Um, if you take a look at kind of like the LinkedIn numbers there. And then of course, office hours is now going on two. So when it comes down to it, I probably bring more operating fintech experience rather than kind of like finance traditional. Obviously it helps that um, kind of like knowing the industry. Interesting. So what's the, obviously fintech is a different industry than the kind of model that office hours is built on. So how has that kind of translated to there? And what were some of the difficulties that you, you managed as you're building it up uh, with the prior experience? Sure. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people will think of like fintech as like payment processing, like traditional, like um, call it like finance, like workflow automation software. But the reality is I look at it as anything that's tech enabled selling to finance or mm. some sort of streamlining of finance as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we built out an entire like recruiting platform oriented, like you can log into office hours platform and portal and basically get an understanding of like, okay, resume reviews, deal walkthroughs, behaviorals, technicals, modeling, case studies, really map out your entire recruiting journey and effectively a lot of like your interview prep. So we have used tech to enable that platform itself and to enable the journey for a customer. You can go about scheduling customer calls. You can go about basically messaging your coaches, getting an understanding like, hey, listen, I'm working on this LBO. I'm going to upload it through the platform and I'm going to ask you questions on it for our call. But it is definitely tech enabled in some capacity. I mean, back like early days, it was effectively like Asif and I just like scheduling calls one-on-one with these individuals and coaches. And there were some times that people would send us data, Excel docs, we would forward it on. Um, but thank God that we have a platform now um, to be able to enable that. 
Yeah, it's been incredibly interesting how the pandemic has proved the viability for a virtual medium. I, I know Diversify really, really uh, took advantage of that opportunity, and that's how we really scaled up. Um, but how has that kind of helped office hours, I guess, their reach and, and the way that you can touch so many different communities? Of course, right? Like anything else, um, at the end of the day, uh, as much as I uh, joke about not liking Zoom, um, it's definitely kind of like brought yeah. together a variety of individuals, right? Definitely. So if you want to connect with individuals from the angle of like, I used to joke about like, you know, Midtown coffees, right? The reason New York rent is so expensive is the fact that, of course, like you can go about like meeting a variety of people here. Yeah. Now, at its core, obviously, like through coaching, through Zooms, through any sort of webinar, or frankly, through our computer screens, we've been able to connect with a variety of individuals. So whether it be screen sharing capabilities, whether it be, in all honesty, a lot of our calls are just like voice only. Um, if you want to like hop on and do some screen sharing around looking at an Excel, looking at an LBO, walking through a presentation or a deck, we do that as well. Um, but there's a reason that like we're spending literally like hundreds, if not like kind of like thousands of dollars to come out to New York, like just like this week um, to literally do some like in-person podcasts where we're renting out a studio, bringing together some like VPs, senior associate buddies. And then we're just going to do like sit down chats just like this, because I feel like people really get Zoom fatigue. Um, if I tell yeah. you the truth. Um, definitely. I, yeah. It's definitely there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you get there. And I think that's the kind of the, the, the other side there. I mean, like we see it a lot um, with, with our own students is that, you know, halfway through the year, they're already feeling that fatigue of having to get on those calls. And so it's definitely, it's definitely something you got to work with. And obviously it's a new, it's a new way to think and to approach these things. So are you guys doing much in person yet? So the only in-person stuff that Diversify does is at Florida State because I'm here and then we have a few of our other directors are here at Florida State. So we've done a few events here on campus. Um, But in terms of that, farther than that, no, no, we, we haven't. I'm curious, would you ever do something on a broader basis, bringing people together from different schools? Oh, 100%. We've, uh, we've actually, we were in talks with Goldman at one point um, to do a large event, uh, Impact That's Finance awesome. at Goldman Sachs HQ in, uh, in New York. So it's Phenomenal. definitely something we've thought about, um, some type of conference uh, for all of us to, to come together, all the students, because we have kids that are part of the cohort all over the place. Um, totally all over the United States. So to be able to bring them together, that'd be a really great way to continue to build that community. Um, nice. so yeah. But so speaking of, on those kind of things and, and the farther reach, um, one thing that really piqued my interest when we spoke originally was some of the initiatives you guys have. Um, obviously we spoke about the, the liquidity one, but I, I'd love for you to touch upon that and kind of what, what was the, you know, what was the background there? Like what, what was going behind the scenes? Why, why did you approach that? Honestly, um, it ended up being like, a, like, it's funny because kind of back to the New York moment or New York note, you'll be here to meet with as many people as possible. It was a random like Central Park meeting that we set up with yeah. the team on their end and just started like kind of like ideating. Like there's so many different ways that we could work together, kind of like bringing about, of course, like they have like variety. I mean, there's just like a media outlet at this point. Obviously, they have the memes, they have the news, they have the media hubs. And then, of course, uh, now they even have like an investing arm, not to mention, of course, like merch amongst others really? so long story short student athletes helping out individuals kind of like 
honestly giving Barstool a little bit run for their money, but really yeah. trying to get in front of individuals being like, hey, listen, like, let's help you if you're looking to like break into banking, thinking about the buy side, even if you already got a banking role, right? Let's think about like really doubling down and getting to the point of, okay, you're starting in banking, but we know, of course, it's kind of like an uphill battle from there, right? How do you get to like top bucket? If you want to pursue buy side thereafter, so be it. We'll help you with it. Or if you just want to double down and listen, I want to be like the best investment banking analyst that Morgan Stanley has ever seen. I want to be the best associate thereafter and kind of like double down. We'll help you out with that too. That's amazing. How is that? How is that uh, program progressed? It's going pretty well. Honestly, um, we've been helping out a variety of individuals kind of like one off, not to mention, of course, they access, excuse me, they get access to all of our banking materials. We're rolling out some merch on that shortly. And then the idea is, in all honesty, to keep it going, right? With the next class, of course, like making it more and more, I mean, arguably, inevitably, it will become more competitive as more and more individuals want to get involved. Um, so it's something that we're definitely just focused on. Well, on our end, it's really the materials, right? It's really the coaching that we're trying to keep on top. Because right. you could make materials once, you could have like videos out there. Easily. But the reality is in the world that we live in, like everything gets so stale so quickly, right? Yeah. Like attention spans are like shorter than ever. So you have to consistently stay on top of things. I probably give a lot of credit to like Mark Moran. Uh, he does a really good job around like putting out a lot of new stuff out there. He's like consistently yeah. thinking about new things. And I feel like um, at some point he has like a camera crew just following him around New York City. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, that, that's, it's funny you bring that up because it's, it's a model we considered for diversify was to just kind of record and have it a lot more flexible for students. But like you said, it's just like that, that attention span, you just got to keep them engaged completely. Uh, and it goes back to that zoom fatigue that we were talking about. So tell me what, what does the future of office hours look like? What, what are you looking to kind of achieve uh, in the future? Where, where are you trying to move into and grow? For sure. Um, I would say like immediate term. So we have technically private equity, growth equity, VC, hedge funds, as well as an associate training program from like a curriculum perspective when it comes to catering to the individuals that come our way, whether they be looking to get into banking, go banking to buy side or figuring out effectively like thereafter, like, hey, wrote, I got the buy side role. Now I need to figure out like what comes thereafter, basically like leveling up to become like a senior associate VP. So we're going to be rolling out probably a little bit more of like a real estate curriculum officially. We've been doing that a little bit more custom. And then of course, maybe a little bit more on like the crypto corporate strategy side of the house as really? think about like what they want to get into. Um, but it's really just like effectively like optionality post-banking. Yeah. Um, as more and more individuals think about what they want to get into, people are becoming more and more open to going the corporate side of things. Yeah. And we can't necessarily ignore that. Right. So being able to like help out individuals choosing, honestly, man, like on the corporate side, the difficult part is like you could go to a firm and I mean, I, I guess like what it really comes down to, right. If you're trying to go to a megaphone, Apollo, Backstone, Carlisle, what you're buying to a certain degree is security, security yeah. on resume, security in LinkedIn. It's like, listen, like even if this doesn't work out, like a lot of people know the name, so it's great. And the name will always carry the weight above you. If you go to a no name business, now you're building up that name. There's a much higher probability that like technically that name could be bigger than you and your name could go with it. Right. And like reach like all sorts of success in the future. There's also a probability that the name could amount to nothing. Right. And you just have to be careful that your name in tandem doesn't amount to nothing. With it, right. Um, so it's really just kind of like figuring out like from a security perspective, like where individuals want to go in the future. And then of course, being able to cater various curriculums and help and really kind of like securing in those offers. 
I, I absolutely love that perspective on, on terms of um, <laughs> tie your name. I think that's so, so important. And it's a way, it's a very interesting way to look at that. So you mentioned like the optionality, which is something that we build ourselves upon and diversify as well. Um, in terms of like what we offer, we think you really need to find like where you really fit. It's not about, you know, listening to those outside factors, but something I'm curious about. So, I mean, like, I guess after banking, the optionality really doesn't stop at finance. Have you ever considered like um, stretching out more since you you're offering that optionality after finance? I mean, people go consulting, people go tech. Have you ever thought of going, providing options outside of finance within office hours? Definitely, definitely um, tech as a whole, especially with my background with Source Scrub, and it's so yeah. tangentially related to finance. Yeah. Now, we have been helping out management consultants place to shops like Upper Middle Market, like a Berkshire, yeah. a Golden Gate, a Francisco, um, a Great Hill. And there's been a lot of consultants actually been coming our way, even Advent hires a lot of consultants. So there's that angle. But to tell you the truth, though, to like really, really master something, right? Like banking to buy side has been our main focus. We've worked with like over a thousand people thus far in the last like 20, 22 months. It takes, it takes time. It takes a lot to tell you the truth, right? To like really master that, figure out like ramping up our coaches, figuring out, of course, like how to break down the interview process as a whole. I guess what I'm getting at, right? Is at the end of the day, like we would love to tackle like different verticals, but the reality Mm -hmm. is like, we're like very, very specifically focused here. And because of that, like, we're really trying to like master this banking to buy side switch. And the whole focus on our end is like, listen, if you come to us, you have like a pretty good GPA called like a three, seven, three, eight and above. Um, you have a pretty good understanding of like some sort of MA experience that you've gone through. We can most likely help you get multiple offers on the buy side. Incredible. Multiple so offers, far- of course, ends up being, sorry, I was going to say, um, you end up making a good amount of cash through relocation, signing stub bonuses, where you end up seeing the dollars that you spent towards coaching come back. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, tenfold, uh, that, that kind of investment speaks for itself in, in terms of your professional development, which brings me to kind of like your story before office hours. This is kind of geared more towards the, the students, like in a break in pre-banking. What, what can you talk to me about how your professional development kind of progressed? Let's call it right after university, how you kind of entered the real world right as soon as the, you got out of university and how, how you've ended up to where you're at now. For sure. Honestly, um, I went to Northeastern in Boston. Main, main point of uh, going there is the co-op program. Literally three six-month internships. You do that so you can get like an understanding of like, frankly, work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was GE Aviation, Supply Chain Finance. Second one was like Credit Risk, uh, Real Estate at UBS. So I got a little bit of like New York exposure. The third one was venture debt tech, and then eventually went to battery venture capital growth, more growth equity actually. Um, But it's traditionally known as like kind of like a venture shop. Um, But at the end of the day, like I knew I wanted tech, I knew I wanted to be like where the heart of tech was, which ended Mm -hmm. up being more in San Francisco. Right. So I was lucky to be able to go out there for my third internship. One day, um, it was like through some cold networking, I think honestly, like Battery had posted a role like on our career portal and through other, they had like maybe like one or two Northeastern kids. I reached out to them. I was like, hey, listen, I'm already like in California. Is there any way that we can connect? Somehow I ended up on Sand Hill Road interviewing with them. Um, I went against a Stanford individual. My VP was Stanford Tennis. I just got really lucky to tell you the truth. Um, breaking into a front, like you go to Sand Hill Road, right? And you watch like Silicon Valley on HBO yeah. and you're like, 
you really don't have an understanding of it until you get there. No. Um, but it's a pretty like, honestly, like remote place. Like there's not really much going on there other than like the Rosewood hotel, which is like $1,200 a night or something ridiculous. Um, so when it comes down to it, you see all of these logos like KKRs next to Excel, next to DFJ, next to NEA, next to Silver um, Lake, but there aren't that many people, like there's no one walking. Right. So part of it was just like getting out there, kind of like getting your feet wet on the tech side of things. I was lucky to end up at battery. Wow. Wow. And so how, how did you keep yourself competitive throughout these years? And like, I think that a lot of people don't understand that a lot of what luck is, is just being prepared for those opportunities. And clearly those, uh, there was a lot of luck and, and, and opportunities that presented themselves. So how did you make sure that you were capitalizing on each one of those opportunities to make your path the most successful as possible? Honestly, man, um, what I would say to that is, it, to tell you just the truth, like I've never really been like too much of like a technical guy, right? Like growth equity and technically we did some like majority private equity stuff too and add-ons. There was a lot of like almost smiling and dialing, getting people on the phone, CEOs, getting an understanding of like who wanted to do a deal with battery to like maybe look at like 5,000 deals a year and like end up doing like maybe five, right? So if you think about that, like technically 50 would be 1%, take 10% of that itself. So what I'm getting at is from like a numbers perspective, like you're definitely going to be doing like a lot of volume, right? Now you got to figure out, I would say to like any junior today, what is interesting to you? What are you good at? And then like double, triple, quadruple down on it. I've always naturally been more like a personality individual and more like interpersonal skills, those types of things. I've done the finance on the back end. I've done the Excel. I've done even like supply chain, like modeling, macros, VBA during my time at GE um, at internship. But like, it wasn't a fit for me, right? But if you like get me in front of people, work the room, wrote what I need you to do, like 10 in-person meetings a day at like a conference and explain to them what we do, whether it be on the BD, private equity side of things, or whether it be a little bit more like sales, whether it be office hours. Basically what I'm getting at is that like, once you figure out what you're good at, do that like 10 times, do that a hundred times. Once you get like really, really good at something, the more often you do it, the money will come. Right. Exactly. But I feel like too many people focus on like doing too many things yep. and, or trying to like fit within the bucket, fit within the mold. And the reality is, is that unless you're like a killer at that role, you're not going to be able to like really succeed because there's no. just way too much competition out there these days. Yeah. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. It's find your niche and build that expertise because you will then become the person that they go to for that thing. I completely agree with that uh, to build up that personal value. Rohit, is there anything else that you'd like to touch upon? How, how can somebody get involved with office hours if they're looking to break out of banking? No, of course. I mean, honestly, um, if you're looking to break into banking, we help out as well. Getofficehours.com. Um, I think it's getofficehours.com slash calendar, and we can also schedule a time. Um, but in all honesty, man, I think it's phenomenal, kind of like what you're doing on your end. We'll have to get an understanding um, because I think you mentioned like podcasts hadn't happened for some time. Like what are recent updates um, with Diversify? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been closing around some some great partnerships. We uh, actually just developed an internship program with uh, Digital Bridge, a digital infrastructure private equity firm down south. Um, it's been incredible to be able to, kind of help them with this exclusive internship program. We created a rotational program with them that looks awesome. at both the investing side and then it also, the interns also work on the, one of their portfolio companies. So they get to see the operational side. So it's a very, very unique opportunity for them to kind of build themselves up in the tech industry. 
And then besides that, I mean, JLF has been an incredible experience this year. We almost quadrupled our size to about 50 students. And they're all just so incredible. Every single one of them. It's just so impressive. I mean, we have one student that at 15 has already developed an app called Think Black that uh, connects you with Black-owned businesses across the United States. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. So it's it's a very fulfilling role. I love to be able to work with those students at both the undergraduate and high school level and kind of help generate that next um, generation, really, uh, of students that are going to impact finance and just go beyond go beyond a career in finance and see how how we can kind of change the culture towards a more impactful one phenomenal and then you're setting yourself up for success post-graduation too right to keep it going yeah of course so i'll be stepping into the chairman role okay. uh and, and building it from there uh overseeing it. It. yeah that's phenomenal man you got to keep it going i think uh that's like the biggest part right um succession and just like finding leadership thereafter um, because I feel like that's effectively like how you can like really kind of like carry forward change because it's like, you know, like we can get involved even on like office hours front. Right. But unless we like hire and like kind of train like the next generation to be able to do stuff, it really has to be a lasting legacy. If you really want to like make a change. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the thing is, is, um, you know, sometimes in this role and our team experiences a lot is we, we really feel like chicken little, you know, we're screaming the, the sky's falling. Yeah. Um, because a lot of a lot of firms are kind of still so focused on DI, DEI that um, they're kind of not they're they're not in tune with that pulse of um, impact finance taking over, and you're seeing it very progressively. I mean, just last year we saw the Engine Fifty One ta- the uh, takeover from on Exxon uh, because of their their environmental policies internally. I mean, mm-hmm. people are bringing change. Um, in an impactful way in finance and it's, it's bound to happen. So we're excited to be able to partner with these firms that already believe in this. And we're, we're ready to change the minds of those that, that aren't there yet. I love it. I love it. Keep it going. For sure. No, thank you, man. Um, No, thank you, man.